Hello, this is Amanda Henderson, former character host at the Disneyland Resort, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 111 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we're a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests and fans, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place, and I'm glad you're here. Now, if you usually listen to the show right around the time it's uploaded, or a few days after, then you'll notice that this episode is a week later than usual. Uh, The reason for that is that I got sick a couple of weeks ago and had basically a pretty bad uh, head and chest cold, which then turned also into an ear infection, which made it virtually impossible to edit, and I certainly couldn't have recorded this intro and outro. In fact, I did record just a little bit so you could hear how I sounded if I had done this last week. This is how it would have sounded. Welcome to episode 111 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. Oh, yeah. Good thing I waited, wouldn't you say? Now, today we begin a two-part interview with the hipster mermaid herself, Tracy Hines. And believe me, this interview is definitely worth the wait. Tracy is enormously talented, incredibly hardworking, and has a deep love for Disney, and it was great fun to get to talk to her. I had the pleasure of doing this one in person outside the Grand Californian Hotel at the Disneyland Resort. The sounds you hear in the background are people at the pool. There was a bit more wind than I realized, too, so sorry about that. Now, after this part of the interview, I'll play one of Tracy's songs that she was kind enough to share before wrapping up. And no, I won't be playing that song, the one that you're expecting if you know her. Not this time, anyway. In this episode, Tracy talks about how she got started in performing, when her Disney focus started, a unique gift she had as a child, the Disney movie that was the big eye-opener for her, some of her main inspirations, how the cosplay part of what she does began, her introduction to anime and anime conventions, the Disney character she was compared to growing up, and the first character costume she made for herself. And it's probably not who you think. What she collects, what it was like growing up a bit different from her friends, voice acting, a bit of behind-the-scenes about a recent Hipster Mermaid video, her part in the Hipster Mermaid phenomenon and how it became part of her brand, whether she intentionally sculpted a brand or not and how it developed, some of the contacts she's had with Disney animators, the Little Mermaid directors, and more, how she got connected with Maker Studios and what that means for her, other ways she's worked for Disney, whether she's an introvert or an extrovert, how that plays out in her life and when she realized it, and how she learned to cherish the times that she gets to do the things she loves to do. Now a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. 
Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by Jewelbeat.com And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. If you've listened to Stories of the Magic for any length of time, you know that when the show started, my plan was to interview only people who had worked for Disney. You may also know that a year or so ago, I decided to expand that to include people with a deep affinity and affection for Disney who'd also done something remarkable to express it. At the top of my newly expanded guest wish list was the amazing woman I get to bring to you today. Tracy Hines is a singer-songwriter native to Southern California. She's known for her covers of popular hits on YouTube and her more recently released original music. She's also an active voiceover artist and has been heard on radio, television, and in video games. She began voiceover work when she was 12 years old on a Saturday morning radio program singing and narrating children's stories. Tracy not only writes and performs her own music, but became known for her performances as classic fairy tale princesses and characters. And she often appeared as iconic characters for a broad range of audiences at a wide variety of events and causes. She's portrayed virtually every popular fairy tale character, but the Little Mermaid is her most requested persona. You may also know her as the hipster mermaid Helvetica. Because she apparently had a few minutes somewhere in her days, she's also launched Adorkable Apparel, a fashion line of tees and crop tops designed by Tracy. Oh, and she models, too. Singer, actress, character performer, fashion designer, model, and more. Wow. Tracy, welcome to Stories of the Magic. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it is my pleasure. <laughs> now, before we start the questions, I want the listeners to know something. Um, I read the more or less official bio of you to introduce <laughs> okay. you, and that was very impressive. But honestly, from what I've seen from people I know that know you, from talking to you, it barely scratches the surface. <laughs> of what an amazing person that you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Not just for what you do, which is really cool, but for who you are. I mean, talented, kind, generous, encouraging, supportive of others. That just starts to describe you. Oh, thank you. you. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure listeners nice. will pick up on that as we talk, but I want them to know it up front. That's so, so. kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. 
And I know you mentioned um, you originally were just going to interview people that worked for Disney. And uh-huh. in a sense, I have worked for Disney, too. Okay. So, yeah, if you want, I can tell you a little bit about that later. But in a sense, now I am kind of working for Disney because my YouTube channel is, um, it's my network is Maker, which is Disney. Oh, so, right. Yeah, so okay. in, in a sense, I'm keeping you on your original, you know, in I'm kind of working for the mouse, kind of, sort of, maybe. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me focused yeah, right Yeah, you know, do, I do what I can. Yeah, so generous of you. <laughs> well, let's back up a ways. How did you get started in performing to begin with? Oh, man. I, I've i always known that um, music and singing was what my biggest passion was. I've always known I wanted to be a singer. Um, my, I have a very musical family, and so um, it kind of goes all the way back to, like, my dad's side. My grandma was, like, a big band singer in the 40s. Self-taught, amazing pianist, um, singer-songwriter herself, and trickled down to my dad, who's in a blues band, and he's been doing, like, blues and jazz music his whole life. So, so talented. He's amazing. And so I think from a young age, and my my mom's side, they're music lovers as well, and I get a lot of my writing side from my mom because she loves to write. Um, And so I feel like that's kind of, I've had both of, you know, very supportive from both sides of my family, and it was kind of passed on to me. And so from, I mean, literally from the time I could talk, I was singing and performing, and uh, my dad would pull me up to sing in his band. you know and um, yeah I just I feel like Disney in general um, also really inspired me and so I I always kind of been a performer I think you know all through school and drama and you know talent shows and just all of that fueled me so much and definitely music was at the top but I always loved acting and stuff too I always loved to just take on characters and find ways to be creative and express myself that way so it's just kind of always been there I guess <laughs> <laughs> well and jazz and blues is my favorite style of music so oh the fact nice. that you grew up with that is really cool to me yeah so cool so when you started doing your singing and everything, was it just, you know, kind of, was there any kind of specific focus to it? Like, what, did it start with a Disney focus, or did that kind of come in later? How did that part come in? Um, as early as I can remember, the songs that I would choose to sing were either Disney or from, like, musicals, like Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my mom said that I used to, like, memorize movies as a kid. I wish I still had this gift now, but <laughs> back then I would memorize entire movies and recite the entire movie and sing through all the songs. You know, like, just I would just stand in the hallway and for two hours just recite an entire movie, apparently. <laughs> I don't remember this. But, I, you know, I would always sing, like, I Got No Strings from Pinocchio. I loved Pinocchio. I would always sing Disney princess songs. So I feel like Disney from very early on was kind of like my, I think like the first inspiration I can remember for wanting to sing. Uh Um, I kind of credit The Little Mermaid with being, you know, the big eye-opener for me because I think I was like four when I saw that movie for the first time. And I remember watching the movie and thinking, um, I know that someone gave their voice to Ariel. Like, I didn't think she was real. Okay. I didn't actually, I wanted to believe, but uh-huh. I didn't actually believe that she was a real mermaid. You know, I knew that someone recorded her song, and I knew that someone was talking for her, and I said, I want to do that. And so, that ever since I've, you know, and I, I loved, you know, pop music and Christina Aguilera when I got older, and Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, you know, like the greats. And so, um, I, you know, I feel like I sort of developed a pop style along with my love of, of Disney and a little bit of theater. I've kind of come more out of the sort of musical theater world and more into the pop world as I've gotten older. But, um, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm probably getting a little off track here. No, but yeah, okay. I feel like Disney was very much like, you know, 
created that spark for right. me with music especially oh. so so when Christina Aguilera came in and sang Reflections from Mulan, that that's was how I discovered her. Yeah, oh, really? that's definitely because I didn't really know. I, I'd heard you know Genie in a Bottle on the radio and stuff like that, but I didn't really make the connection that that was her. Okay. Um, and I don't remember like which came first, but um, I definitely heard her version of Reflection, and mm. I was like, "This girl, I want to sound like that." And I have no Christina Aguilera, <laughs> but she inspired me a lot, and I definitely I learned a lot. Um, of, you know, vocal technique and just uh -huh. by like trying to, trying to sing her runs and, you know, you just trial and error and play around. And she really, really inspired me oh. among, among so many others, oh, you know, yeah. Jody Benson. I mean, she's definitely Julie Andrews. Those are like two of my, you know, Queens <laughs> <laughs> idols, you know, <laughs> inspirations. So, uh -huh. yeah, if I could ever get Jody Benson on this show, I would probably stop right after that. Cause I'd have no place to go. <laughs> I know. Right. Like, that was the peak. She is so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, what about cosplay? Because you started doing that at some point, too. Did that start as something that went along with your music, or did it start separate and then get combined? Yeah, very much so. Um, I I always kind of say I've been cosplaying my whole life, too, because <laughs> when I was a kid, I was obsessed with dressing up, and, you know, every weekend I'd be, like, throwing on my mom's old prom dresses and stuff that she'd given me and running around the neighborhood and doing makeup and turning into face paint and doing all sorts of crazy things. But... Um, <laughs> I don't really know where that kind of... I feel like I've just never grown out of it. You know, I always uh -huh. kind of say that. I'm like, I'm still that kid that loves dressing up for fun. Um, but I did sort of find a shift. I think it was kind of when I started YouTube. Um, I... Gosh, I, I think I just kind of realized, like, oh, I'm singing these Disney songs. Maybe I should kind of style myself a little bit inspired by these characters because that'd be fun. You know, yeah. I love styling and makeup and stuff. So let's kind of, if I'm singing a, a song that Belle sings, I'll pull my hair back and, you know, and just kind of do a makeup look and wear blue and white and, you know, just kind of, like, play around with that. And so yeah. I think that's kind of where it started with YouTube and then eventually that translated into oh, I have access to these costumes now and I'm actually portraying characters and so I might as well make, make videos in these costumes. So a lot of it was very focused towards music. It's always sort of, most of my costumes, if not all of them, were created to sort of forward my music and to sing in. Uh -huh. But um, but I did go to anime conventions. I loved um, Anime Expo and like I loved anime and stuff. I got really into anime in high school. Okay. And like Sailor Moon and Pokemon and I was just Robotech. really... I no, I didn't watch that one. Oh, I've heard of it though. Okay. Was that was that on TV? Yeah. That's right. It's before I think your I, time, I think. I think I yeah, I knew of it. I'm I was old. very into the yeah. like the I don't know if it's I was really into the girly ones. Like uh -huh. Card Captor, Sakura. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, I, I did love anime and so I started going to these anime conventions, um, and I would make anime costumes and eventually I was like, I wanna dress up like Ariel. Ariel's in Kingdom Hearts, and Kingdom Hearts is technically anime so now disney is kind of anime right okay, so it works right because yeah. back then you'd kind of get a little bit of flack for dressing as a disney character at an anime convention uh -huh. it wasn't like the thing like it is now you right, know right and so but i did and so in i think 2008 i you know made a mermaid costume with my aunt who is a really awesome um she's actually she makes quilts but she can make costumes as well and she helped uh -huh. me out with that and um my dad helped me like make my seashell top he helped me like <laughs> drill the holes you know and into the seashells and stuff and um yeah so I, it kind of started becoming cosplay i think when i started going 
to places with cosplayers. You okay. know what I mean? I kind of always just thought of it as costumes and theatrical and, you know, and then once I kind of discovered this world of, oh, hey, it's okay to wear a costume when it's not Halloween uh-huh. at this venue, <laughs> you know, with these people. Right. And so I was like, my people, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've kind of, um, I've, I've grown a little bit from that as well and learned so much from that community and made amazing friends there. So kind of feel like I'm, you know, a little bit in that world, a little bit in the, the Disney community and the YouTube community as well. And they all fit together nicely. And, you know, I enjoy every aspect of all of them. So, yeah. yeah. What would, was the aerial costume the first costume that you had made, or was it just the first, like, kind of full, for lack of a better term, production costume? Uh, the first costume that I ever made that I was really proud of was an Alice in Wonderland costume. Um, and that was when I was in high school. I was 16, I think, and we had, like, a fairy tale day at school. And I'm a natural blonde, and I was, I was always compared to Alice growing up because uh-huh. I, I'm, like really short you know I had the long blonde hair and um and I I don't know I just always kind of was sort of like oh you're Alice like that was my character kind of Hmm. and I always wanted to be Ariel I loved Ariel you know just as much as Alice but I was like oh gosh I could never she's she's everything she's like you know what I mean and Uh so Alice was more like who I identified with I guess because I I always felt like a little girl just kind of lost in the world and making her way and seeing the wonder and everything you know and big dreams and um but yeah I I made an Alice costume and my mom helped me a little bit um she helped me with like the pattern and stuff but I made it on my very first sewing machine Hmm. I'm not I'm not a great seamstress. I, I am a designer, but I'm not that great with actually sewing the garment. So it was a big challenge for me. Um, but I did it, and I still wear that costume to this day. I'm upgrading it this year, but <laughs> it's actually served me very well and lasted this whole time. Um, I'm still really proud of it. And uh, that one I didn't wear to – I've never worn that to a con but I did wear it to school and I wore it for every Halloween for the next like five years, you know, and I just kept improving upon it with, you know, and stuff. And yeah, and I think the aerial was, I'd made some anime costumes after that for anime cons. Like mm-hmm. I was, um, I commissioned some and I made some, I did like Sailor Venus from Sailor Moon. Sure. I did, um, Sailor Mercury. I love Sailor Moon. <laughs> um, I did like, uh, just some other anime, fun anime characters that was very kind of uh-huh. thrown together stuff with friends. But yeah, Ariel was probably the first time that I was like, okay, you know, but since Alice, you know, Ariel was the first Disney costume that I was like, this thing is going to be everything and I'm going to put everything into it and make it the best that I could possibly make it. And I laugh now because looking back at those pictures, I'm just ashamed and horrified. I feel like it looks so horrible. But I mean, my aunt did an amazing job, but I mean, like styling wise and just like all the detail now that I know, all the, all the things that I've learned, you know, Right. but I, I, you know, still have a lot of love for that first aerial costume. <laughs> I assume you've made other ones since then? I maybe. I have a lot of aerial costumes. <laughs> I can't even count how many I've made and worn and that I actually currently have right now. It's, yeah, I collect costumes. Like, you know how Ariel collected human things? Uh-huh. I collect costumes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so, I didn't have this planned as a question, because you're talking about this, you know, this kind of always been you growing up. Yeah. I assumed that this was not the way everybody you knew was. <laughs> yeah. Right? What I, was that like? <laughs> um, 
I've always, to all my friends, I think growing up in the past, I was always like the singer. You know, they uh-huh. they always knew. And I, it's kind of weird. I've I've always been very career focused. I've always, mm-hmm. like, I love having fun. I'm oh, yeah. super just like, I feel like I just love life, you know. I feel like I'm generally a really happy person and, you know. But, um, yeah, I very much have been focused since I was a little kid I when I you know first discovered that I wanted to be a singer at four years old and started got that like tasted that feeling of being on stage and caught the bug you know Uh the performing bug I never let go of it and so Mm. I just always um was seeking out opportunities to perform and um so growing up you know all my friends knew that this was you know, sort of what kept me going, and um, and I was a drama kid, so um, no. oh, I mean, <laughs> and I, it's funny. I don't actually really consider myself like an act, like a good actress. I love to voice act and stuff, but uh-huh. you know, as far as like actual classic acting, I'm like, oh no, like I'm a singer. Think of me as a singer, not an actress. <laughs> you know, I do my best. I enjoy it, but um, but yeah, I love drama, and um, so my friends always knew that was kind of my place. You know, I, I was never like the cool kid in school. I, I didn't care though. Okay. That's that's one thing that. I know it sounds kind of silly, and I'm not trying to, like, make myself sound like, oh, yeah, you know, it didn't matter to me, whatever, but I I don't know. I, I didn't really care about being cool. I never really felt that peer pressure thing that people talk about. I never, mm-hmm. I've always been uh, straight edge. I've, you know, never, um, never tried drugs, never, you know, never even had alcohol like I'm very like I've just always been very focused and I didn't want anyone anything to get in the way of that Uh and um you know my friends were wonderful and we we had so much fun together but yeah I was always a singer I was always the performer and so I think that they they understood that Uh and they like respected that and appreciated that but yeah we definitely had differences we I think sure. a lot of them didn't understand. They they right. thought like, oh, it's a phase. Like she wants to be a pop star. She'll grow out of it, you know. And I I never have. And so uh-huh. it's you know a lot of those people have fallen out of my life, and not in a bad way, and not not yeah. because we don't still like care about each other, but they're just you know moving on with their lives and doing what right. I guess quote unquote normal people do, right? <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I just uh, I'm still doing that. You know, I'm still pursuing and still. Uh-huh chasing my dreams and you know not that they're not because I think a lot of people's dreams change and yeah. mine just haven't I don't uh-huh. know I, you know I, I think I've become more focused but yeah I, I've just kind of always been this way <laughs> for better or for worse right you just you know what you love and I feel like God put me on this earth to um, express myself through song and so uh-huh. that's that's what I'm gonna do Good. until he tells me otherwise and makes me feel otherwise you know Good, I like that <laughs> and let me tell you having uh, interviewed several voice actors. That's acting. <laughs> that is serious acting, right there. It is acting. It's for sure acting. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't consider myself. I couldn't go up and do some Shakespearean oh. performance, you know. I <laughs> I don't think Bill Farmer could either. <laughs> I could be wrong, Bill. If you're listening, hey, you never know. You <laughs> never know. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but all the stuff that he told me, I just did a follow-up interview with him uh, that came out today so cool and uh you know he was the guy that did the weird voices you know as a kid right so you know it started there and he's now been the voice of goofy for 29 years that's amazing and he said you know it's acting it you know at least as much as stage or screen you i mean behind the mic 
Yeah, you, you put a lot into it. All you've got is your voice mm-hmm. to convey everything that a stage or screen actor gets their whole body to convey. That's true. I for me, it's oddly easier. I've done really? recently. I've done some like um, VO with mocap involved. So I was literally acting uh-huh. it out while I was doing the VO. But um, you know, and that was it was wonderful. It was so fun. But like. It, it was definitely more difficult for me to act with my whole body because I'm so used to just vocally putting it in the mic. You know, I'm so used to voice acting. Right. You know, and I do a little acting on YouTube. Like, I've done my Hipster Mermaid web series for a while. But, yeah. again, it's very, like, it's comedy, which um, comedy is very difficult. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I it's a very small sort of just fun chill project so it's never felt like oh I'm acting you know it's, <laughs> right. it's more just me having fun with my friends and being silly and like just saying funny little witty quips you know or uh-huh. things we hope are witty and, <laughs> right. and you know just doing something fun with my friends so it hasn't that doesn't feel like acting you know right. so yeah I, I've always definitely pursued more the voice acting and the music side but uh-huh. um, but I, you know I do call myself an actor because voice acting is a form of acting so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just saw the uh the hipster mermaid video that you did with Ariel and Helvetica, like reacting. Oh yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> Thank so. you. It was really fun to make. Yeah, we, it was just a random idea, and we're like, I, I told my friends, and I was with them. I was like, oh my gosh, can we? Can I just put the glasses on really quick, and we'll go back and forth? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so when you recorded, I didn't. I was watching it on my phone, so it was, yeah. didn't have you know great view. Did you actually go back and forth when you recorded that, or did like you do all of one and then all of the other? All of one and all of the other. Okay. There was an outfit change. Yeah, so I we did so. all the aerial stuff. It was actually a collaboration with my friends at um, the Thingamavlogs YouTube oh, channel. Uh-huh. So my friend Sarah, um, she goes by Sarah Snitch online or Sarah Sterling, okay. and then Tiffany Mink, who's both of them are in the Thingamavlogs um, channel. Uh-huh. Uh, they were there with me and Sarah was filming it, and so they we co-wrote it all together. Oh, okay. um, and it was actually for their project. They did like a Disney characters on YouTube uh-huh. um, kind of parody. Yeah. It's so funny. They had like a bunch of Disney characters. Um, and so the same day that we filmed for their channel, uh-huh. we were like, oh, we should do, you know, like Ariel and then take my character, Helvetica, Hipster Mermaid, and, you know, do the same video, essentially, uh-huh. the same haul video where you're, rev- you know, talking about what you bought or whatever, what you found at the shipwreck, but do it from Helvetica's perspective, uh-huh. you know. And so, yeah, so we kind of wanted to show the difference because so many people, whenever I do my little, my character, who's, of course, inspired by Ariel, but right. she's inspired by Hipster Mermaid, you know, Hipster Ariel, who's not Ariel from the movie. You know, it's our <laughs> own interpretation of what Ariel would be like here on land. Uh-huh after being very, like, jaded. and (laughs) Which would probably happen. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So um, it was really fun to kind of show people. People are always like, oh, you're Ariel, right? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, this is the difference. Here it is in a video. Like, you can actually see the difference. Yeah. You know, Ariel's so wide-eyed and, oh, this is amazing, you know? And then Helvetica's like, yeah, whatever, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun. (laughs) So how did the Helvetica thing come to be? And by the way, I love the name. Thank you. I can't take credit for it because someone else created a meme. Uh Um, You know, I, I cannot take credit for the actual hipster aerial phenomenon because this guy, I, Trying to, I think it's Brayden is his name. Okay. Um, he took a still of the movie, from what I've read. He he took a, a screen cap of Ariel making that sort of like, you know, exasperated face and with her hands in the air, you know, and it was just like a magic screen cap. And he made a meme, okay. you know, that was like hipster Ariel or whatever, and so or hipster mermaid, and so 
I had a friend who knew him, and she told me, you know, hey, like, you do all this aerial stuff. You should put on a pair of glasses and take a picture. It'd be so funny. I'll send it to him, you know? And, and I was like, oh, that'd be fun. And so literally, like, one day when I was already dressed like Ariel for a gig, I threw on some of those, like, 3D glasses from uh-huh. the movies that I had in my car from, like, watching a 3D movie at the theater. Yeah. And I took a few, like, selfies, you know, and um, sent them to her. And she's like, you got to post that on the Internet. It's so funny. And so I posted it, and it kind of took off, you know? Uh-huh. And it was like... I guess I was one of, if not the first, I I think there might have been other people doing it, I don't know, but I was one of the first ones to, like, cosplay, quote-unquote, the character, you know, and it kind of became its own character from there, Uh Um, and so I can't take credit for, like, the creation of it, but it, it became such a part of my brand on accident, like, I didn't even expect it, you know, people just really liked it, and they Uh kept asking me to do more of it, and, um, the name, the Helvetica name came from a meme, and it's Don't Call Me Ariel, Call me Helvetica. Okay. You know, Ariel, as in the font, Ariel. Right, the font, so, yeah. um, so that's why we went with the name because I was like, well, we got to do it. It's already out there. It's so cute. It's uh-huh. so great. We got to do it. And it's such a great pun. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how it all came about. And we just we had the idea for a web series, me and some friends, and I was like, I gotta make this happen. Uh-huh. It's too fun, you know, and I wore it, I cosplayed it at cons, you know, and those yeah. photos went, it went so viral at one point, it went like all across all those, just all sorts of blogs were like reblogging one of oh, my just yeah. like selfies, you know, and that's when I kind of knew, I was like, okay, this is like a thing, I should, you know, do something with this, and yeah, so right. it's been really fun. Cool. Now you just mentioned that it had become such a part of your brand, did you intentionally develop a brand, or at some point did you go, I have one, now what do I do with it? No, it was that. It wasn't like I was sculpting a brand, and a lot of people are so great with marketing and you know, um, and, and building a brand from the ground up and being like, this is what I want to be. I'm going to very strategically choose these photos and these things uh-huh. and only put this out there, so this is what I'm known for. And I, you know, I've tried to be that way, um, but in a sense... I think for me, you know, when I first started YouTube even, I really wanted to be known as a pop singer. I really wanted to be known for original music um, and as a singer-songwriter, and I love Disney. But I was like, okay, well, I'll cover some songs. I'll cover some pop songs. I'll cover some Disney songs, and then I'll put my original music out there. And hopefully people will just know me for music, you know? Well, the Disney stuff exploded, and that's how I knew. Some of the pop stuff did really well, too, which was Uh really encouraging to me because I honestly have probably more of a pop voice than even a Disney voice. Okay. It's kind of like a mix, you know? Yeah, I, it is. I, yeah but um, I, uh, when I saw that the Disney stuff was just really, like, a niche for me, I kind of just was like, okay, cool, <laughs> I love this thing, probably more than any other brand or company, you know, that's that's a big fandom thing. I was yeah. like, this is, this is definitely my, like, fandom that I love, so why not, uh-huh. you know? And so I just kind of went with it, and then with the Ariel stuff, it was the same thing. It was very much like, I love Ariel, I'm going to cosplay her. I did not expect to become known for, because I feel like most people that know me, they picture, like, bright red hair, and, you know, most people, when they hear my name, they're like, oh, yeah, like, she's a girl that dresses like Ariel and sings yeah. on YouTube, like, you know, maybe they're like, oh, she's the one with the seashell shirt, you know, <laughs> like, or something, <laughs> or, or Hipster Mermaid, they're like, she's uh-huh. the one that looks like Ariel with the glasses, you know, right. but um, I, that wasn't a plan. That was not premeditated uh I kind of lucked out because the character that I love the most is the one that took off the most so and I think it's yeah. I don't think that's like a um uh coincidence I think 
people see the passion and the love there, you uh -huh. know? And so I think that that, I'd like to think that that came across. And, you know, when they saw me doing all those things, they're like, wow, she really loves this. Like, I'm connecting to it because there's so much, like, love and passion there. That's that's what I'd like to think. But, yeah, um, but yeah I if I were, like, sculpting a brand, you know, and I don't think it would look the way that mine does now, but I'm so happy with how everything worked out because I'm having so much fun. I, I couldn't be more grateful for the success that I've been blessed to have and and so you know yeah I think um it very much fell into my lap <laughs> was there a moment when you realized like I have a brand or this is a thing like was it the hipster mm -hmm. mermaid thing or what was it that was the, like was there a moment where yeah. it like, kind of crystallized I don't know I don't know if there was a particular moment but I started once the hipster mermaid thing went viral and as I was seeing the views on my Disney covers especially the ones in costume mm -hmm. getting much you know much bigger and kind of snowballing I was like okay people really like this thing you know and so maybe I, I have been I have tried to from there been smart about yeah. okay cool well if they want this I want this too so I might as well prioritize the stuff that they want just as uh -huh. much as I do you know it's like I might have prioritized other music a little more you know I might right. have done a little more original music I might have done less costumes mm -hmm. but as I saw that it was really becoming something I was like, oh, cool, well, let's try to do more of this because, you know, this this is my thing. This is where probably where I'm meant yeah. to be. And I think God kind of, like, opened my eyes to it, too. Like, uh -huh. I, I don't want to be someone that mooches off a brand because for a long time um, I didn't know how Disney felt about me because uh -huh. I, I was getting so visible that I was like, yeah. okay, like, I'm sure someone from Disney's probably come across my stuff. And then I started to get some emails from Disney animators. And, um, wow. yeah, I gosh, I got I trying to remember some of the names – escape me I should go back in my email um one of the animators maybe you can remember his name uh he was so wonderful but this was like four or five years ago now um he emailed me he was one of the animators his daughter was uh, born with red hair and that's why Ariel had red hair he's he was one of the Ariel's animators oh, um is it James or is it um, um oh my god I know <laughs> I gotta go back and look up his name because he We've been in, we were in touch for a little while and it's just been quite a few years now. But uh -huh. he reached out to me and had found my videos and posted some of my stuff on his Facebook and said how much he was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, you know, and, um, he reposted like my Sleeping Beauty pictures and my uh -huh. aerial video. And um, I just got a lot of cool encouragement, you know, and I got a lot of people within the like, within the community and within the company that were kind of coming out of the woodwork. And I met Glenn Keane, you oh, know, nice. and he grabbed my hair and he was like, oh, it's just like Ariel's. And I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, and I met Jody Benson. She was so wonderful. And um, I met uh, the creators of the little, uh, um, the directors, Ron Clements and John Musker, Musker yeah. um, briefly at D23. And I was okay. dressed as Ariel and they were like, can we take a picture with you? You know, and I just had all these wonderful experiences. And so it's, it's been so positive that I was like, okay, I'm, I try to be very respectful of the brand and mm -hmm. just promote the brand. I mean, honestly, they're getting so much promotion <laughs> out of me, which is what I, I mean, that's all I want to do is just promote the things that I love. And so, um, now getting to kind of work for Disney through being signed to maker is really wonderful. Cause I feel like, you know, I'm in the Disney family now yeah. in a sense, you know, and I have done little things here and there, contracted work for Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't feel weird about it anymore or as weird about it. I just try to be really respectful. But, yeah, I feel right. like my brand has very much become, you know, I'm known for Disney, you know, you know to a lot of people, right. <laughs> among other things, but yeah. very much Disney. Yeah. yeah. 
when I told my wife I was going to interview you, and she was like, that name sounds familiar, and is it the <laughs> Little Mermaid video I showed you? She went, right, uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, most people, you know, if they they know my face better than my name, a lot of them, because, like, Google, yeah. you know, there's just, like, if you Google Little Mermaid or almost any of, like, the Disney princesses, my old, and it's funny, it's, like, my old pictures that pop up, not my new ones, and I'm like, uh. oh, I feel so great about this <laughs> costume. It's, like, my really old ones when I was kind of first starting out and, like, testing the waters. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I feel like there's a lot of Google and stuff and just YouTube, so a lot of people are like, I know your face. Why do you look familiar? <laughs> you know, so it's funny. Well, since we were just talking about Maker Studios, we'll skip ahead to that and then come back to some other stuff how did that happen what's happening there I mean it's pretty simple in the in the YouTube world a lot of us choose to sign with networks okay um, we don't always talk about it sometimes we do sometimes we don't and it's just essentially you know if you're familiar with the YouTube model um, they're the ones that place ads on mm. your video okay, and right. so um, I was asked by maker a couple of years ago if I wanted to join their network I was with a different network at the time and I was like sure you're Disney let's give it a shot <laughs> yeah. and so I've been with them ever since you know and there's you know there's not that much really to say about it because I feel like my life hasn't changed that much uh -huh. you know it's very I mean they they're very helpful in um, if if I'm gonna cover a song you know like sometimes they'll tweet it out you know uh -huh. like once in a blue okay. moon they'll kind of um, yeah throw me a bone and you know kind of <laughs> like be like hey check this thing out you know or whatever but um, and you know and I have worked for Disney through other companies also I like promoted Into the Woods I got to make a music video for that mm -hmm. um, that wasn't through Maker though and then I did um, on Aladdin like for this recent um, when Aladdin was released a few months back right. I got to like cover a whole new world and promote Aladdin so I've done things also like outside of Maker that were Disney like for okay. Disney yeah. it's such a big company you know it's <laughs> like there's so many factions and I'm like I don't know how all this works but if Disney's knocking on my door I'm not gonna say no you know right. I, I love Disney so so yeah so with Maker it's really cool but yeah I haven't had too much of like a change really in my life it's just been nice to just sort of feel like I'm you know, in that Disney family now. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Kind of an off-the-wall question, but you're obviously a very outgoing person, and you've <laughs> talked about going to cons and, you know, meeting fans and you're meeting all of these people. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an introvert. I thought so. How'd you know? I can tell I am, too. Okay. And I can, I can pick out, it's like, okay, I'm doing all these things, and, and it's really fun, and there's, there's just something in your eyes that's like, and then I go home and recover. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's very much me. I um, I love people. I'm, I'm a people mm -hmm. person. Yeah. You know, I'm very, um, I, I, I don't know if I would say I'm outgoing. I guess I am now. Um, I was always shy as a kid, uh -huh. but Me too. I'm outgoing in small groups. Yes. I think I'm very comfortable, I'm more comfortable on a stage than I am at, like, a party. Okay. You know, like, I'm one of those people where, like, social stuff, big groups of people, it's hard for me. Right. And so if I'm at Disneyland or if I'm at a con or, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing something where I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be here doing this thing, I'm good. Yeah. You know, if I'm booked for something, I'm good. If I'm, you know... Yeah, if I'm in a, like a big party with friends, but if my friends are there, it's it's better. Right. But you know, if I'm at like just like some big old networky schmoozy, <laughs> I'm just in a corner like I want to go home. Like I love people and I love uh -huh. meeting people, but I don't really know. I you know I'm not that kind of socialite person. Yeah. You know, I'm very um, I'm a homebody uh -huh. and uh, I love my pets. You know, and I'm very um, I live a very kind of 
focus-driven but quiet life. Like, I'm when I'm home, I'm always working. Uh-huh. I, you know, I'm, I'm never off, you know, with all the things that I do. But I love that I get to work from home the days that I'm not out performing or, or you know, filming or whatever I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah I'm very much an introvert. And I didn't realize that about myself until a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah. I, you know, it takes you a long time, I think, to get to know yourself sometimes. And, uh-huh. and yeah, I've always been told, like, oh, you're so friendly. Like, you're so outgoing. And, you know, and so I always kind of thought, oh, yeah, well, I'm an extrovert for sure, you know. And, uh-huh. no, I'm definitely an introvert. It, and, yeah, as a kid, I was more shy. And then I kind of got out of it. And now I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm both. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. How did you find out that you were an introvert? I started to, I would, when I got busy, I started getting booked every day of the week, you know, and especially weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing events Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes multiple events on Saturday and Sunday. And I was like, okay, well, I'm doing what I love. I'm singing. I'm, I'm getting to like dress up and perform. And it was all different types of things, but a lot were like, you know, character-y kind of events. Sometimes I was Uh filming, sometimes I was voice acting, recording, like whatever it was, I was doing something that I loved. And so I was like, I can't complain. This is what I love. Like I, I got to just do all of it and never say no. And so I, I didn't say no. I was very much in that sort of place of like, okay, well I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this, you know? And I got so exhausted and so stressed out and overwhelmed and I didn't know how to schedule myself. And so I realized kind of at that point when I was so kind of run down, I needed to schedule days for me to like recuperate, and take uh-huh. time off. And I have some health issues. I have a back uh, back problem and I had surgery last year, so I'm doing much better mm-hmm. now, but my body would give out, you know, yeah. I would, and I get sick all the time. I'm very like low immune system. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. anytime I go to a convention or event, like I would get sick afterwards. There was no question. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I finally realized after a few of them and having to cancel plans on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after the convention, I was like, okay, I'm just going to plan to be sick (laughs) because I don't have a choice at this point. It's just going to happen. Concrud will be my friend. Literally, yeah. yeah. So I just over those couple years, I I learned real quick how how I needed to schedule myself, Uh you know, and and I do a lot less than some people. There's a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. that I see out there that are just – they're always on the go every day they're out of the house doing something and they're in their email and they're making videos and they're doing photo shoots and like you know I see these people that are literally just killing it and I think you know gosh I wish I could be like that I wish I could do that but that's not me you wish you could be part of their world I want to be part of that world (laughs) yeah but I think what I've come to realize too is you know we all have something like everyone has something that they have to kind of overcome Mm -hmm. everyone has either some sort of health issue or emotional thing or something and I have quite a few of them and I think that it makes the times that I am able to go out and perform or do what I'm doing or have social time with my friends that much more special and so I've really learned to like cherish those times that I do have that I get to do those things Uh you know and and I feel like I'm feeling less and less bummed out or stressed when I can't do things because I'm just so grateful and you know that kind of takes over just being grateful to get to do what I do you know yeah, we can't we can't all live life, you know, at top speed like light speed, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you got to have a quality of life too. And for yeah. me, I'm realizing, you know, the older I get, the the more I'm realizing like quality of life matters also to me mm-hmm. in addition to like the things that I get to do. I also want that time to like sit back and enjoy that I got to do those things, right. you know, and like celebrate those things cuz for a long time I wasn't cuz, you know, 
didn't have time to. <laughs> yeah, it was just one thing to the next to the next, and exactly. you never got to celebrate the things that you were doing or the successes or anything like that. It was right. Everything was in the rearview mirror. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever, I mean, I know you do some, because I've seen it some on, you know, your Facebook or in some of your YouTube videos, where you talk a little bit about some of those challenges that you face. Do you tend to keep that more of a private part of your life, or do you tend to share that with your fans more? Um, kind of both. I, I go back and forth. Um, generally, I'm a pretty open book. I'm not shy about talking about any of it. I don't have a problem talking to people, like, and especially if it helps people. Uh-huh. I love talking about it. And I actually, I have a YouTube video that I've been wanting to make for a while. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Tracy Hines for being my guest and to you for listening. Come back next time for part two. 
No sponsor message this week because, frankly, I still just don't have enough of a voice to read the ad copy for that. So we're going to skip that this time and instead move on to let me tell you that if you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, writing or performing music, art, whatever it may be. The kind of thing that Tracy does, for example, with all of the costuming and cosplay and singing and YouTube videos, but it doesn't have to be nearly as elaborate as what she does. If it is, great, I'd love to hear about it, but it doesn't have to be. And if you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, then I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or if you've had any special Disney experience you want to share, or even just give a compliment or a thank you to Disney for anything that they've done, I'd love to hear from you, too. For any of these, email me at podcast at stories of the magic or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. And now, finally, you can stream Stories of the Magic through Google Play Music. Podcasts are finally live there, so if you're an Android user, go subscribe. You can find it at storiesofthemagic.com slash Google, or search Stories of the Magic in Google Play Music and look under Podcasts. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. For example, obviously, in this episode, I'll be including links to as much as I can possibly find and stuff that she shared of Tracy's music, videos, Instagram, everything like that. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening or pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, especially after my voice recovers. And this tale continues next time. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.